Arizona Sports, Sports. the local sports leader, leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. All right, let's get caught up in everything going on in sports. We call it the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show, and of course, we're going to start with the Suns, advancing past the Clippers, four games to one in the first round of the NBA playoffs, Devin Booker put his foot on the throat last night, 25 points in the third quarter on his way to a magnificent 47.10 assist, 8 rebound performance. Suns win 136-130. Booker talked about his mentality coming out of the halftime before that explosion. We didn't want to go back to L.A. unless it's for the Western Conference Finals. So, you know, just wanted to get it done. You know, being down 9 points coming out of that, we know we wanted to do it quick. You know, we didn't want to wait until the fourth quarter and try to fight an uphill battle. So, you know, I'm glad we could get some cushion because we needed it. 50 to 24 in the third quarter, and they still had to hang on for dear yeah. life in the fourth. Well, with less, with a little bit over a minute left, the, the Nuggets had come back four straight three pointers, and then Batum with a chance to give the Nuggets the lead misses a shot, and then two turnovers by the Nuggets late in the final minute doomed them, and the Suns were able to hang on and win that game. Devin Booker is the leading scorer so far in this postseason, and now the Suns turn their focus to the number one seed Denver Nuggets and two time MVP Nikola Jokic in round two. If you want a preview of round two or a recap of round one, head on over to the Arizona Sports app or ArizonaSports.com. Now, game one against the Nuggets is on Saturday. Game two is on Monday from Denver. We don't have a word on the exact time yet for Saturday's game. No, we do know that the two Phoenix games, three and four, will be on the weekend, Friday, Sunday. Friday and Friday Sunday. and Sunday yep, for the Suns week. for their two home games, games three and four, Friday, Sunday. A little bit of a break between games two and three for the Suns, and certainly that should help with the minutes that the starters are playing. So recapping last night in the NBA playoffs, the Denver Nuggets held off the Timberwolves 112-109, to punched their ticket to the first round. Jamal Murray had 35, Jokic had a cool 28. Uh, Anthony Edwards, 29 points in the loss, and now apparently he's been cited by Denver police. He was so frustrated after the game. Threw a folding chair in the tunnel after the game. Hit a couple of employees who decided they wanted to file charges. The Denver police reportedly stopped the Minnesota team bus before they left the arena to make sure they could cite Anthony Edwards before he left town. Wow. Yeah, just not not good. Anthony Edwards had an incredible, incredible postseason. He was great. Jamal Murray was great. Jokic was great. The Nuggets move on. But the big surprise last night was in Boston. The Celtics with a chance to take care of business against the Hawks. They lost? I couldn't believe it. Trey Young, 38 points, 13 assists. Boston was led by Jalen Brown's 35. Jason Tatum struggled, 19 points on just 21 shots, but it was Young's big shot at the end that not only forced a surprising Game 6 in the series that nobody saw coming, poor Janet Jackson had to relocate her concert. She was supposed to play Thursday in Atlanta, now she's going to play on Friday. Uh, Trey Young's last three playoff games, 38 points, 35 points, 32 points, 7th player in NBA history with consecutive 35-point tennis playoff games. The problem for Boston, even if they win this, is they just bought Joel Embiid at least two extra days of rest. No doubt, and that series is going to be mm-hmm. a war. Now, tonight, we got a hell of a slate of NBA basketball. It almost feels like 
a sweet 16 in March Madness with the four games that are on tonight. I can't wait to look at them all. Starting in mere moments, the Knicks look to eliminate the Cavs. They're up three games to one. Let's go. Then at 4.30, the Lakers look to eliminate the number two seed Memphis Grizzlies. They're up three games to one in that series. Then at 6.30, the eighth-seeded Heat try to become the fifth team in NBA playoff history since they expanded to 16 teams at eight beating a one. They're up three games to one. It's in Milwaukee. You and I both think Milwaukee's still going to win this I series. I still think they're going to win three in a row. Yeah, I, do I just can't imagine. And I think Milwaukee's the biggest threat to the Suns. I really do. Then Boston second. But Milwaukee first. If they get knocked. Listen, if you're a Suns fan, I would root for the Heat right Hell now. Yeah. Hell that Milwaukee yeah. and Giannis and, 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 and Drew and, and Middleton and Lope. Get those guys out of there. Get them out. And then at 7 o'clock tonight, not an elimination game, but a good one. The Warriors and the Kings all knotted up at two wins apiece. De'Aaron Fox going to give it a go tonight with that yeah, fractured I finger. Saw, I just Show, saw some highlights. They showed him shooting the basketball, so that'll be big at home. Golden State usually doesn't win on the road, so we'll see about that. Being and I might actually watch the uh, the replay of the, the Diamondbacks after Zach Allen's performance well, tonight. I'll get to that in a minute if yeah. you just give me a second yeah, here. I might have to watch the that. Portland Trailblazers going to begin operating a G League franchise, and the only reason I'm bringing this up, the Phoenix Suns are the only team without a minor league affiliate in the NBA. They're the only team that doesn't have a G League team, though according to the report I saw Matt Ishbia is looking into acquiring a G League team because the Suns are the only one who doesn't have one. It was just a few years ago that they they, they sold it. Sarver sold it, the G League team. Mm-hmm. Didn't mm-hmm. think there was really any value in having one. Yeah, something tells me that's going to change now that he's not owning the team anymore. All right, now on to Zach Gallen. Man, he was throwing flames today. And the 3-2 to Melendez with two men out. Pitch on the way, and it's a swing and a miss. Gallen's got a season high a dozen as he strikes out two in this inning. Six and a third, 12 strikeouts, no runs, which means that inning, scoreless inning streak is now up to 28 for Zach Gallen. He's in fifth all-time in Diamondbacks history. He's already number one on that same list with a scoreless inning streak. Yeah. He had his own bobblehead day the other day. I brought one in. There it is, the Zach Gallen bobblehead. Andrew Chafin gets the uh, gets the uh, save. Andrew Chafin closed the door. I think he's their closer right now. I believe so. Other Gallen numbers, his 12 strikeouts were a season high. He has 41 strikeouts and one walk during those 28 scoreless wow. innings. 41 wow. strikeouts and, and one, one walk. walk. He leads Major League pitchers in strikeouts. And the Diamondbacks won yet another series. Their fourth series victory of the season so far. They beat the Royals 2 to nothing. They're 4-2-2 two and two in all the series that they've played this year. How about year. that? Yeah, yeah, D-backs off to a good side. They still, I think they're still in first place in the West, right? I believe so. Yep. I, I think so. they're still in first place. I I check so. the standings right now. And there they are. Nope. Uh, tied with the Dodgers. Tied with the Dodgers, tied with the Dodgers. Okay. for first. All yeah. right. Uh, one other transactional note for the Diamondbacks. Arizona made it official. They cut ties with pitcher Madison Bumgarner. Today, he's a free agent. What happened to cake? I thought you said there'd be cake. Where's the cake? There was. There's, there's, two, there's two cakes that are celebrating There's April a vanilla and there's a chocolate yeah, those cake. Are cel- you had nothing to do with those. You can't claim responsibility for those. You did not oh, produce those okay. cakes. I you said we would have cake when Madison Bumgarner wasn't on the Diamondbacks roster okay. anymore. Those All right. cakes are just saying. Just saying. All right, I'll get one. How can you one. have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? <laughs> I do have a uh, cannoli cake coming in November, too. <laughs> For, for November birthdays. It's, it's April. I know. I just thought, uh, you know. It's April. I always make sure I get my order in early with Connie. Oh, 
Jimmy. November birthdays, we get uh, cannoli cake. The Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon spoke today. The Cardinals held a voluntary mini camp today. The head coach talked about how important it was for him and them to attend Kyla Murray's statue reveal at Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, I think our players know already that, you know, and we'll continue to build that trust with them, but we, <laughs> everything we do, we have the players, you know, in mind and um, anything that we can do to help support them and help them and educate them and, and um, be in their corner, that's what we're going to do. He was also asked if a decision has been made about Isaiah Simmons' fifth-year option. Ooh. The due date is on Monday. Here's what he said. Probably a better question for Monty, but, uh, you know, we take it one day at a time and then make decisions with all the information that we have. It's a non-answer right there, according to Danny Surik, who's a reporter for the Cardinals. Isaiah Simmons, not do it. Isaiah Simmons was in the building today. I don't think they're going to do it either. Just my guess. Because if they want to bring him back, they still can. They still can. Can they draft a guy to where it's a no-brainer to pick up his fifth-year option? Can they just draft a guy where it's like, yeah, absolutely, we're picking it up? That'd be nice. Please. The Washington Commanders didn't do that. They will not pick up the fifth-year option on defensive end Chase Young. He's a possible free agent at the end of the season. He's been hurt a lot. He has had a lot of injuries. a lot of games the last two seasons. A lot of games. I think the Cardinals will announce that they're not going to pick up Zayvon Collins' fifth-year option next year. On his first day with the Jets, quarterback Aaron Rodgers talked about recreating the glory days of Joe Namath and indicated he will stick around to attend voluntary workouts with his new teammates and strongly hinted he will be around for more than just one season. That was really? all some of the highlights from uh, his press conference today. Yeah, the top songs when Joe Namath was leading the Jets to the Super Bowl were Sugar Sugar, Aquarius, Let the Sun Shine. It was a long time ago, that Joe Namath era. Aaron Rodgers wasn't even born. Yeah. C.J. Stroud says he's a football player and not a test taker in reference to a question he got about the S2 test that has seen his draft stock allegedly plummet. We'll find out tomorrow. Quote, the people making the picks know what I can do. Close quote. I he is the, in the playoffs and I thought he was outstanding. In my opinion, he's the, the fulcrum of the draft for the Cardinals. Is he there at two or is he not? And if he's not there at two, if the Texans go a different direction, I think the Cardinals will have options. I'll tell CJ, I get you. I get you. I mean, some people are just not very good at like school stuff. I get it. Mm-hmm. The draft, 5 o'clock tomorrow. We'll have a full NFL draft show tomorrow covering the first round here on Arizona Sports. You, me, Wolf, Bick, Luke, Tim Ring, the whole crew looking forward to it. And then finally, former Diamondbacks and current Mariners pitcher Robbie Ray going to have surgery to repair the flexor tendon in his pitching elbow. He oh, is out no. for the season. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, well, then since I'm delivering Did bad news. Sign? Did he sign like a $100 million contract? I don't believe so. ASU Men's Basketball Center Warren Washington has entered the transfer portal as well. His likely departure means ASU might return That's only big one man. starter. Yeah. Point guard Frankie Collins might be the only starter back from last year's team, though he is still eligible for the NBA draft. Wow. Yeah, that's been a little wow. bit of a problem over there. Yesterday, we emphasized how Chris Paul can't be a nothing on the floor. What was Chris Paul last night? We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. All right, back to our top story of the day, which is obviously the Phoenix Suns advancing to round two in the NBA playoffs. They'll start their best of seven against the Denver Nuggets coming up on Saturday. 
They eliminated the pesky L.A. Clippers last night. The cockroaches last night. The L.A. Yeah. cockroaches. That's what. Yeah. That's, that's what the C say. L.A.C. It's not Clippers. It's hard to kill, man. So hard to kill. They, they, they were just hard to. And all the credit in the world goes to them, man. They got kicked in the face so many times last night. I, I can't believe they kept getting up and <laughs> wanting and more. Terrible performance by Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Still one. Yeah. Terrible they, performance they by got him. Done. Now, last night, look, it was obviously the Devin Booker show again. He was incredible. 47 points, became the all-time franchise leader for 30-point playoff games, 40-point playoff games. He was, he was amazing. Kevin Durant was amazing. But as we've talked about, in fact, we've always framed it up, the big four for the Phoenix Suns, the big four. We have had a separate conversation about Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton so far today. Yeah. We've not talked about Chris. No. What do we we, we... we had wondered about Chris's ability to consistently follow up good performances with another good performance. Did he do that last night? Did he follow up a good performance with a good performance last night? Yes or no? Did he do that? He... It is, it's a mixed bag because he hit some big shots in the, you know, in the fourth quarter. I mean, he, he hit a jumper to put him up one twenty one oh four. He hit a uh, a three pointer like he, to put him up one twenty three one oh eight. I don't think that he played as good as he did the other day, but I don't think it was bad. It was kind of like in between that. I think Chris Paul's performance was kind of in between that. So I don't like going into this Clipper series. I mean, the Nugget series is going to be different going up against Jamal Murray. He's got more size than him. That'll be a tougher matchup, and can he guard him and stuff? But I think overall, I think, look, Devin Booker's your A. I think Kevin Durant is your 1A or 2. And then your 3 is a combination of either DeAndre Ayton or Chris Paul, depending on the day. You know, it's going to be one of those two guys. I didn't think Chris was... Like he didn't shoot the ball much in the first half. He was two for four. Mm-hmm. So he didn't. You know, like when they would, when they didn't play well in that first half. See, KD took eleven shots. Da took eleven shots. Book took twelve shots. Chris Paul took four shots. He was two for four. He had four points. Chris Paul had four points at the half. Like so, what do you? So it's hard to sit there and say, oh, he had another good game. He had four points, but he did follow that up with a pretty good second half. And that's where the, the a lot of his damage is coming. He's getting most of his damage is coming in the second half of these basketball games. Yeah, that was the stat that you included in your email today, and and I I didn't know these numbers, but they feel right. Chris Paul in the second half of the games in this series, Chris Paul scored forty eight of his sixty eight points in the second half, okay? I like that. I like because that's when the Suns need Chris Paul to be a member of the Big Four, right? Now it's it, it can he go off in the first half? Yeah, but Chris Paul's always been the guy who goes off in the second half. At least always been that guy for the Suns, and it's nice to see that he's still doing that. That also includes Game Five last night when, like you say, at four in the first half, he had eleven in the second. The other thing I like is that with the last two games of the series, Chris Paul had sixteen assists with only one turnover over the first. First four games of the series, it was 34 assists with five turnovers. When Chris Paul is, it's just so different with Chris, right? We've just reached this different stage in our fandom with Chris, okay? And what I mean by that, it is the Devin Booker and Kevin Durant show. For two years, it was the, the, the Devin Booker and Chris Paul show. With a little help, it's it's just not like that anymore with Chris. And while I agree with you, and you've gotten me to agree with you on this one, that Chris is the fundamentally more important part to this equation than DeAndre. There are nights like last night 
where the Suns don't require that much out of Chris. They, they, he was good. I, I'm not saying he was bad. They just don't require him to be super special no. every time for them to win these games. And it's that still takes some getting used to for me. You know, it's, like I'm still it, not used to yeah. that all the way. You go back two years ago, and he didn't. You know, obviously he didn't play really well against the Lakers. It was more campaign. Four games against the Nuggets two years ago. Four games against the Nuggets. Twenty one points, seventeen points, twenty seven and thirty seven. Average 25.5 points. You go to the Clippers series, the next round, 41 in one game, 22, 18, 15. He averaged 24. You even go to the Milwaukee series, 26, 21, 10, 19, 23, 32. He averaged 21.8 points. So when you look at Chris Paul averaging 13.6 points, we're not like we don't know that. Like, it's just, it's it's a different, like, obviously, because of Kevin Durant, it's different. Even last year, as bad as it was, um, against New Orleans, he averaged 22.3 points per game. Remember, he had a 28-point a game, a 30-point game, a 33-point game. He averaged 22. It was the Dallas series where, from that point forward, it changed. Chris is not a scorer anymore. Now, at times he could be, and maybe in the fourth quarter he could pick and choose his spots, but he's get, like, against Dallas, you needed him to score 20, 25 points a game. Yeah. So when he averaged 13, you're like, ooh, you know, because he had that one five point game. He had a seven point game. He just wasn't, wasn't shooting, wasn't scoring. Now you could get away with him averaging 13 points and still win. Yeah, it's fun. I was, I was, so I was at the game last night and I was watching it and, and just hearing you talk about Chris, it just kind of takes me back to the fourth quarter of that game. It was really obvious that when the crap was going down last night in the fourth quarter, they were, they were leaning on Chris. In fact, I think if I go back and check the fourth quarter box score, I don't think anybody attempted more shots in the fourth than Chris. I think he led the Suns in shot attempts in the fourth quarter. This is where Chris needs to be Chris. All right. Chris, all those numbers you just read off. Yeah. Chris ain't doing that. He's not doing that against the Denver Nuggets. He's not going to do that in the next round if the Suns are fortunate enough to advance. That's just not who he is. 13 points per game. That's but what I need Chris to do what we collectively need Chris to do is in those moments in the fourth quarter when the game is on the line and you have to separate yourself. That's when Chris has to be Chris. And last night, it was a mixed bag. I think he went two for six in the fourth quarter. He did hit a couple of big hit shots. Big, th- but they, hit, was, they, were, they were up big when he hit those two shots. Yeah, and, and when it kind of all went to hell, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot coming out of Chris. I, I, I don't need Chris to be great the whole game. I don't even need Chris to be great in the second half. In the fourth quarter... That's when I need Chris to be Chris. And if he can, despite the rest of the game, if Chris can show up and do his thing in the fourth quarter, whether it's through his own shooting or through a pick and roll that he's established with DeAndre Ayton, that's enough. That's good enough for me. That's more than enough for me, and I think more than enough for Suns fans. I don't think we need anything else out of Chris right now. No, I, listen, Chris is playing for more than anybody else is, and he may not, you know, he may, he may not think about this, but the reality he is. So Chris is playing for this legacy. He's been in the league for for what eighteen years. He's never won a championship. He's playing for that. But if I said to you, "Hey, is Kevin Durant back next year? Is Devin Booker back next year? Mm-hmm. Or is Chris Paul back next year?" We don't know on Chris Paul. No, we don't. We don't know. Like, you know, do they go after Kyrie? Do they get off the contract? We don't know. Like, I think, you know, I think that chapter is not determined yet. I don't know that James Jones and the brass has made a decision, a final decision on Chris. He's, I would say it's likely he comes back next year. But, you know, Chris has to do, Chris has to be effective with a much more limited role now. 
And that's the way to put Like He's got to be effective, but in a much more limited role. You're just not going to get the same amount of shots that you used to to get into the rhythm that you're used to getting into. So it's on to Denver for the Phoenix Suns. And for nearly a minute last night, the star player, the two-time MVP of the Denver Nuggets, all it could do was rave about the Phoenix Suns. Genuine evaluation, or is he killing the Suns with kindness? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Nuggets now. Kudos to the uh, voice work and the promo team for turning that around real quickly. Yes. Real quick. We've got a job to do. God, we got those Suns Nuggets promos in the queue ready to go. Of course, we probably knew for a while this was going to happen. And here it is. Um, two years after Suns in four. In fact, in fact I, I don't know why I still follow him on Instagram, but I follow Suns in four guy. And he posted. Do you really? Oh, I don't know why. I did, I did it back two years ago because it was turning into such a phenomenon, right? So I followed him and, and it's still there. So he posted an Instagram story today. And it was it was a picture of him with four fingers. Oh, He's my like, All right, God. Here we go. I'm like, oh. Wow, Suns and Four guy, that's still a thing. Here we go. Um, it, it's it's let's here we go. Right here, number yeah. one seed, the team that has been the number one seed in the Western Conference for honestly most of the year, right since what Mitch like mid December. I think they've been on top of the Western Conference. The pre- <sighs> they're the Suns from last year. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, and that's when I see them. I think that sometimes, like, okay, you had the best record, you're great at home, you rolled through the regular season, you got bored at the end. It was very obvious. Are you really that good, or are you vulnerable like the Suns were vulnerable a year ago? I think exactly the same thing when I look at the Nuggets. I do think that, listen, I think Denver's a much different team. With Brown and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and obviously Jamal Murray being back there, much different. But I think the Suns are a much different team, too, and not just because of Kevin Durant. Okay, The Suns, their depth is much different, but their star player is now, like two years ago, Nikolai Jokic was the MVP. He was the star. Denver Booker's on the same level, okay? So you could say Jokic versus Aiton, but I could also look at it Jokic versus Booker. Your star versus their star. Because Devin Booker is not the same player as he was in Milwaukee. He's elevated his game to another level, especially defensively. But offensively, nobody is scoring more points per game in the playoffs than Devin Booker. That's in the entire playoffs. 16 teams that are playing right now. Denver is different, but the Suns are different too. So I think that, um, you know, to look back at th- that, those matchups and try to glean any, you can't, it's hard. can't take anything from it. You know, the, the only thing I'm tempted to look back on those old matchups from two years ago is Aiton and how we played against Jokic. Yes. That's like the only thing where if we're looking for an apples to apples comparison from two years ago, I don't know if you feel the same way. That's the one thing where I go, okay, that was really a thing in those four games. DeAndre Aiton played the MVP to a basic draw for four games. Does he have that in him again? Can he do that again? Can he, I don't need him to score like Jokic. He's never going to do that. Yeah. But can he defend Jokic well enough that he somewhat neuters him? That he somewhat takes that special thing that makes Jokic Jokic away from him? Because he did it for four uh, games. But everybody's going to push ago. him. I mean, that's a, from now until they they tip off. I mean, that's going to be the message from every player on that team. Like you, 
We're relying on you. You want to be the anchor defensively? Be the anchor defensively. You want to be dominating? Dominate on that end of the court. You know, that's where you got to dominate because this guy's, you know, this guy's one of the best players in the game. He's a two-time MVP. Probably not going to win it this year, but but could have a third. Uh, so that's where you now. You're you're right. I remember going back. If we look back, and we kind of scored it like ten nine, ten eight, ten seven. We made we it like a boxing match. Yeah, we did. And I thought, for the most part, like you know, I think the first game, I thought we said that's kind of a draw. The first game, if I remember correctly, we gave Da a draw in the first round. Like, but then the, the next three were more like ten nine Jokic. But that's okay. You're not going to outplay him. But can you not make it so? overwhelming for him in those games. So I do think overall that like he kind of held his own against him in the series. He had the one game, and I believe it was the first game, where we were really impressed because I think in that game it was pretty even. And then the next the next three games were a little bit more Jokic, but not a lot more. Like DA put up Put, was decent against him in those games. All right, I just looked it up real quick and I found it. Uh, the four games that Jokic had against the Suns two years ago. Game one, he had 22 points, nine rebounds. Took him 23 shots to get those 22 points. Game two, he had 24 points and 13 rebounds. He was better. He was 9 of 17 from the floor. Game three, he had 32 points, but again, it took him 29 shots to get those 32 points. He wasn't super efficient. He had to shoot the ball a lot. And then in the elimination game, he had 22 points, and he was 9 of 17 from the floor. When I add up his series, and I take a look at the cumulative here, he averaged 25 points per game, 13.5 rebounds per game, shot the ball about 47 48%. They were good, but anybody who watched that series knew that wasn't like peak level Nikola Jokic, right? Like it wasn't the very best Nikola Jokic could be. I, I remember that very distinctly and very clearly. Maybe that is the reason why last night after the Nuggets clinched, they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jokic got behind the microphone and this is a longer cut, but I'm going to play the whole thing. Um, he raved about the Suns. I mean, just raved about it. I mean, probably they're the favorites to, to win a championship. Uh, they have an amazing group of guys, uh, well-coached. Chris Paul, who is the, probably the best floor manager or general in the game. Booker, KD, that, uh, I mean, superstars, probably arguably the best players in the NBA right now. They have Torquay Okoji, whoever is playing on, on a two, three, or four. I don't know the position. We know Torquay well, well. Aiton, who I, I really admire his game especially in that situation that you you have a couple of guys that are kind of in front of you, if that makes any sense, and still manage to contribute to the game on both sides of the floor. Coach it really well. Bench, they always have a good bench. Okay, maybe not this series against uh, Clippers, but I think they always had a, whoever step on the floor for them knows the role and knows what to, what to do. So it's going to be a big challenge for us. 48 seconds of nice, wow. nice, nice, right. nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I hear that. And I want to believe it's sincere. I want to believe that it really feels that way. But I also wonder if that's Nikola Jokic playing the mind games with his own team as if to say, we're the number one seed, they're the number four, we should be the favorite, but let's treat this series like we're the underdog. Let's treat this series like they're the number one seed and we're the number four so that we we build them up to appropriate levels so we understand what kind of level of fight we're going to have to bring to this, right? About two weeks ago, we had Vic Lombardi on from Denver. Mm-hmm. And I think he commented like, "What it like? What was the reaction in Denver when the Suns got Kevin Durant?" And it was like, "Oh my!" Like you remember what that reaction it was? It was like, "Oh 
crap. Really? The, the Nuggets players probably felt the same exact really? thing. Like, Kevin really? You Durant? just got Kevin Durant? You just got Kevin Durant? Seriously? Like, seriously? Yeah. That's basically listen, what the reaction was. I don't think the four seed means a damn thing. They, they What's that record with Kevin Durant right now, the Phoenix Suns? Oh, I lost Ten and one? Is Eleven it, and one? Twelve is, and one? Something like that. Was it eight no going into the it was playoffs, eight right? No going into the playoffs. So 12 and one? So, yeah, 12 and one. 12, 12 and one. one. Yeah. Okay, they're the favorites. They're the favorites. <laughs> they're 12 and one with Kevin Durant. Yeah. I don't care what the four, what the seed says. They're the favorites. Yeah. Yeah, I, the one stat that kind of jumped off the page at me, it's a real simple one. Denver's got the best home record in the NBA if you combine the regular and the postseason. They're 37 and seven up there. But are you going to tell me that the Suns. Can't? Is that what their record is? I did not know that. 37 and seven. 37 and seven. Yep. Regular and postseason. Wow. Combined, they're thirty-seven and seven up there. That's pretty good. You're going to tell me the Suns can't win one game up there? I think they can. I think they can. Um, high altitude. Yeah, I, I, I think kind of. That's always been a factor in the past. Um, yeah, no, I think they can. I think they can. I think this is a much tougher series. I think Denver's got better. You know, they got better depth. And they've got they they don't have equal star power, but they've got star power. They've got star power. Jokic and Murray is a good one too. And then you're questioning like the same thing, like who's your three? Uh, you know the 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 guy we had on from Denver was talking about how good Porter's been like late in games, and he talked about how great defensively they are, like top three defensively in the last five minutes of games. Yeah, because I do think that the defensive metrics that like they don't really because Jokic is not a good defensive player. So he's not. So I, I don't think the metrics, I think the metrics that show Denver's not great defensively, it's a lot because of him. Yeah. But I think they've got good defenders. There, there's like a weird March Madness analogy that's like cooking in my brain right now when I think about Denver. You know how when you're filling out your bracket in March Madness, there are certain teams, and we certainly saw it this past year, whether it was Purdue, whether it was Kansas, whether it was Arizona, if we're just being honest about Purdue, it. That's the team that has a 7-6 guy and yeah. shot 37 three-pointers yeah, in the that, game? Yeah, that, that team. That that's team. them, yeah. There are certain teams that come March Madness, you just know they're hard to trust, right? Yes. Historically, as programs, they're hard to trust. I kind of feel the same way about the Denver Nuggets in the NBA playoffs. They're hard to trust. They're hard to, there's just, no matter how good they are, no matter how many stars they have, no matter what they've done during the regular season, they're one of those teams where it's just kind of, oh, do I trust them? Do I really believe in them? Or are they good for maybe one playoff series win and, and that's all? I, it, I like this matchup for the Suns because I feel like Denver is that team in March Madness. It's just really easy to go, yeah, they're going to bow out. Why? Because they always bow out. That's just what they do. It's who they are. It's what they're about. Sorry, Mitch. I don't mean to break your heart. They but, didn't have Jamal Murray. But, I know. They didn't. But like They still one of the best players in the game. I know, they didn't have Jamal I, Murray. I, I know they, but even when they had Jamal Murray, they... they they're, they're you don't te- trust them. They're okay. a team that just always underwhelms. They always underwhelm this time. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Do they always? I'm looking at Mitch right now. Do they always underwhelm this time of year? Do you always go in expecting more and they leave you wanting more? Well, generally speaking, I always expect more. But at the same time, it's hard to get a clear gauge of it because the last time that this team was fully healthy in a postseason run was in the bubble. And in respect and to all the, the teams in the bubble, finals, yeah. every team was healthy in the bubble because yeah. they had like two months off. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's, 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 I think it's going to be a really fun series, and it ain't going to be done in four. <laughs> I know that. I took Suns over the Clippers in five, but didn't know the Kawhi thing. Like, uh, but I said Suns in five. I thought they would take care of him. It was a lot harder than I thought. I'll get like, okay. It was a hard five. It was a hard five. A hard five. And five. if Kawhi would have played, who knows? Maybe they're still playing right now. Suns in six. 
put me down for Suns and six against the Nuggets. You don't have to come up with a prediction now, but that's I'll just put it out the Suns and six. Put me down for that. By the numbers, there unless you're going to jump in with a prediction. Are you no, I'm, lean, like I'm leaning seven. Okay. By the numbers, they are one of the best duos we have seen in a while, and they continue to prove it game after game after game, and that is coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. Home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. Suns Clippers is over. Suns Nuggets set to start on Saturday, but that doesn't mean that we're not good for one last good look back at this Clippers series, and that is part of what we're doing today here on Burns and Gambo. Torn meniscus for Kawhi, huh? Is that yeah, what they reported? Torn meniscus. Yep. Mm. <laughs> he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing. He wasn't ever going to play in that series. Let's get you an update on our Twitter poll question of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Take it away, Rubes. What you got? You guys are going to get more into the specifics of the series later in this segment, but I'm asking you to take a step back and grade the Suns on their overall performance in round one against the Clippers. Five games, they win four to one. Would you grade them A, B, C, or D slash F for their performance? Here's what's fascinating about this question to me is we rolled this out two hours ago. You and I both said B. The majority of our audience said B, and I don't want to give anything away because I know that's the big reveal. If I made you choose something other than B, C. I go B, I go B, but I wouldn't go like a C or an A, I go C over an A. There was still a lot of issues, right? I mean, slow starts, big issue. Offensive rebounds, big issue. issue. Bench, big issue. So I don't know how you go A. I'd go C over A, but I give it a solid B. The inability to kill the cockroach was a big issue because there were a couple of games where it's like, come on, guys, just finish this thing, right? Without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they scored a lot of points. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, I I like giving the grade. I probably would have gone with a C, too, if I could. And take a B, and that's why I asked because is it still running C number two right now? Yeah, so leading the way is B at a solid 69.3%, and 45%, 46% actually lower is C at 23.4%. Only 5.9% would go A, 1.4% would be D slash F, but I'm sure if the question was grade Durant and Booker, it'd look a lot different. Mm-hmm. I remember in, uh, in, in, in high school, I once told Mrs. Lauren Zed, you're lucky I don't get the grade you. She gave me detention. I said, seriously, she gave me a really bad grade on a paper. I'm like, you're lucky I don't get the grade you because I give you an F. I said that next. I had detention. Uh-huh. I yeah. imagine you spent Mrs. a lot Lauren of time Zetti. in detention. In fact, I bet if yeah. I went to your elementary, was this elementary school or high school? This was high school. Okay, I bet if I went to high school, the room where they had detention, they probably mm-hmm. named it after you. Yeah, I wish I could have got graded our the John Gambadoro Detention Center. That's what kids should be able to grade teachers. How about that? <laughs> How about we get to grade you instead of you grading us? It's not exactly the same, but there is a ratemyprofessor.com that college students use. Oh, yeah? They give a five, zero to five star mm. rating. If only that was around for you. If only that was around. Yeah, yeah. If, if only it was. I give the Suns a B. Well, if we were to grade Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, they would get an A for how they played. It was, um, that's, okay, Devin Booker's greatness is one thing, but this is, in some ways, 
this is exactly what we had all hoped for when the Suns acquired Kevin Durant. Now that we can nitpick about the minutes and we can nitpick, nitpick about how Kevin Durant was used in the fourth quarter. Yesterday, certainly I had an issue with that. But if you're just talking general overall of the impact of teaming these two guys up, that's an A+. Plus. That's a valedictorian. That's a you're graduating top of your class. You're getting a full ride scholarship. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant as a duo, as a twosome, have been every single thing Suns fans had hoped they would be, and the numbers flesh it out. Yeah, you guy goes guy goes for 31 points on 10 and 19 shooting, four for six from deep, and you're like, the hey, problem is all you talk about is Devin Booker because that was an epic performance by Booker. But that number, the one that stands out, you know, that each of those guys has scored 25 points each in all five games so far this season. Each guy has scored 25 or more. You haven't had a bad game. Like, there's been some struggles with the shooting, but they've each got their points. Some how some way they've got their point. That matches Kobe and Shaq for the longest streak by a pair of teammates to start uh, a postseason in NBA history. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you uh, you, de- you definitely look at Devin Booker and say he's the alpha. He's the one. Kevin Durant has been a great compliment to him. Now, when they got Durant, I don't know that we ever thought that he'd be a complimentary player, but he's been a great complimentary player. But the same way that like Pippen was a complimentary player. You know, the same way that, you know, with Shaq and Kobe, one of them was the guy and one one of them is the 1A in game. Like, I, I think that Durant is fitting great. I think he's playing fine. I think if you need him to do more, he can. But mm-hmm. he hasn't. you haven't needed him to do more. But he can if he's capable of it. And, and if you needed him, he could. I, I don't know about you. I still find myself, and I, I certainly did this a lot during this series, I still find myself wanting the ball in Durant's hands more. And and not that I worry so hard. Not that I worry about Kevin's makeup. Like I think he's fine with how much he's got the ball in his hands. But there were times last night in the first quarter where I thought, okay, get get Katie a touch. Katie needs a touch. You know, he needs he needs to get involved a little bit. The fourth quarter, when it was all going to hell in a handbasket. Man, did they need to get the ball to Kevin Durant. And, and I, I heard what Monty said. I heard Monty's explanation about Durant's lack of fourth quarter shot attempts. I'll play it here. I thought we missed him in transition a couple of times. But for the most part, they denied him. If you watch the film, you'll see one guy, he's in the corner and the guy's denying him. We tried to put him in some screening actions and they topped him. And then they put two guys around him. And that's why we put Landry in the game, hoping that was free him up a little bit. But I think we got to figure out, I have to figure out, ways to get him in space so he can catch the ball freely and be able to go. The only issue I have with that is that Kevin Durant's been denied his entire NBA career. And yet he still finds a way to be maybe the most elite scorer the NBA has ever seen. You know, like he's being denied, he's being denied, he's being denied. And I, I, I'm glad to hear Monty say we got to work harder to get him open and get him some space. Kevin Durant has been living with a lack of space for his entire career, and he still found a way to make it work. Because sometimes I think you just have to give him the ball. Just, just I mean, I, I don't care who's on him. Give him the ball. Give him the ball and see what he can do for you. He's Kevin freaking Durant. He can figure something out. And that's, that's he's the- always played with ball dominant guys. Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City, Steph in Golden State, Kyrie with the Nets. He knows what it's like to play with ball-dominant guys. The Suns have two guys that are predominantly ball-dominant, and Chris and, mm-hmm. and, and Buck, so maybe that's a little bit different. Like, if Chris is going to bring it up and then he's going give to give it to Devin, I mean, you know, the, the ball could only move so many times. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's look, it's hard. You look at Booker's numbers for the series, Durant's numbers for the series. You look at them side by side, and you think to yourself, "There's nothing here to complain about. Everything's great. They are they've been phenomenal so far this series." I just know in these games there are pockets, little pockets, where in my mind I think to myself, "It really wouldn't suck to give Kevin Durant a touch here." Like it's been too long since Durant has had a look. It's been too long since Durant has had a touch, and I want to make sure he's feeling the flow, that he's getting into it the way other guys are getting into it. Maybe he doesn't need it. Maybe he doesn't require it. Maybe he truly is the most adaptable superstar in the history of the NBA, and he's cool with what he's getting. I know in that fourth quarter, he needed more touches when it was all going bad yesterday. So the difference in shots is 33. Booker's taken 118. Durant's taken 85. That's an average, uh, what, they play five games? So bad. It's an average of a little bit more than six shots a game more for Booker than Durant. You okay with that? Is it fine? Yeah, mostly. Does it work? Mostly. It's it's worked. They won the series four games to one. Booker's taken 118 shots. KD's taken 85. KD's taken 24 of his shots have been three-pointers. I'd like a little more out of KD. In terms of the shots, okay, just a li- just a little just more. Hard when Booker, more. It's, it's hard when Booker's playing so well. And it's it just so hard, and it doesn't have to come at the expense of Devin Booker necessarily. It could come at the expense of DeAndre Ayton. It could come at the expense of Chris Paul. It doesn't have to be taking away from Devin Booker's shots for this thing to happen. Um, but I would like to see it happen more. When we come back, Devin Booker. That's it. That's the tease. We don't, <laughs> we don't have. He's not joining us. We're just going to talk about him next on the Burns and Gambo Show.